Welcome to worship the sixth, sixth Sunday of the Easter season. We're continuing our walk with the early church, the first uh, Christians who were followers of Jesus and just trying to figure out what that means to be Jesus followers. Just like we're kind of figuring out what it means to be church in, in a different kind of time to worship. And regardless of where we worship across this city or even across our country today, we are worshiping on the lands of the first peoples of this continent. And here in Seattle, that is the Duwamish people uh, who have their home when they're able to gather there at the Longhouse. And uh, I encourage you to, to check them out at uh, either Google them or at duwamishlonghouse.org. I can't remember. And definitely go to realrent.org and, and check that out. Our gathering music this morning uh, will be led by Robin and by Mike. And uh, we're, we're going to be singing, and you are invited to sing at home, Healer of Our Every Ill. Oh, no. 
In our call to worship, I invite you to the response, Alleluia, come Holy Spirit. And Pastor Megan is going to read that response and you're, you're invited to join her. Jesus said, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Alleluia, come Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses even to the ends of the earth. Alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit. May we worship our Creator through the power of the risen Christ, knowing that the Spirit draws us together. Alleluia. Come, Holy Spirit. We light our peace lamp each week to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's vision for a just peace for all creation. Today, I remember in particular my neighborhood of Rainier Beach. Two weeks ago today, uh, an 18-year-old young man was shot and killed, and Rainier Beach is grieving that. He was a bright uh, young star at Rainier Beach High School, and anticipating, I mean, just like anticipating sort of stardom in his life as a freshman in at University of Washington. So we remember the family of Connor Dasa and all of those who are grieving him, and we pray for God's just peace uh, to heal those who seek violence. And together we pray. We long for peace. We pray for peace, and we choose to live for peace. May the peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Our scripture this morning is a very, very familiar one to anyone who has ever been to a wedding because that is where we hear this scripture the most often from 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, because it is a very familiar scripture, we really wanted to be able to hear it in a new way. So I invited the children and families from our congregation to, uh, to speak this scripture for us. So we're gonna hear the children of our congregation speaking the words of 1 Corinthians 13. If I can get it, if, if we can all, here we go. If I speak in tongues of human beings and of angels, but I don't have love. I'm like a clang gong or a crashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries of God and everything else, and if I have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give away everything that I have and hand over my own body to feel good about what I've done, but I don't have love, I receive no benefit whatsoever. Love is patient. Love is kind! Love isn't jealous and it doesn't brag. Love isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. Love doesn't seek its own advantage. Love isn't irritable. Love isn't happy with injustice. 
but it is happy with the trip. Love doesn't keep a record of complaints. Love puts up with all things. Love trusts in all things. Love helps for all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will be brought to an end. As for tongues, they will stop. As for knowledge, it will be brought to an end. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, what is partial will be brought to an end. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, and reason like a child. But now that I am grown, I have put an end to such childish things. Now we see a reflection in the mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know completely, in the same way that I am completely known. Now faith, hope, and love remain. These three things. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of all is love! <laughs> the greatest of all is love. Oh, I watched that so many times yesterday. <laughs> so lovely to see all of our children together and speaking words of scripture and Robin, that was me <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> uh, so delighted to see, uh, to see our children speaking words of scripture about love. As I was thinking about what our children's time would be today uh, and about love, I thought of this story that I wanted to bring to to our worship for a long time. It's called Extra Yarn. And some people may know this one. And the reason that I thought about it is I want you to think about when I read yarn, what if that was the word love instead? I said extra love. Uh, because I thought of, there's a song that I learned when I was a kid called Love is Something If You Give It Away. It goes, love is something if you give it away, give it away, give it away. Love is something if you give it away, you end up having more. And what happens in this book is that uh, the yarn turns into more and more as it's given away. So just think about if yarn was love. On a cold afternoon in a cold little town where everywhere you looked was either white of snow or black of soot from chimneys, Annabelle found a box filled with yarn of every color. So she went home and knit herself a sweater and when Annabelle was done, she had some extra yarn. So she knit a sweater for Mars too. Mars is her dog. But there was still extra yarn. And when Annabelle and Mars went for a walk, Nate pointed and laughed and said, you two look ridiculous. You're just jealous, said Annabelle. No, I'm not, said Nate. But it turned out he was. And even after she'd made a sweater for Nate and for his dog and for herself and for Mars, she still had extra yarn. 
At school, Annabelle's classmates could not stop talking about her sweater. Quiet, shouted Mr. Norman. Quiet, everyone. Annabelle, that sweater of yours is a terrible distraction. I cannot teach with everyone turning around to look at you. Then I'll knit one for everyone, Annabelle said, so they won't have to turn around. Impossible, said Mr. Norman. You can't. But it turned out she could. And she did, even for Mr. Norman. And when she was done, Annabelle still had extra yarn. So she knit sweaters for her mom and her dad, and for Mr. Pendleton, and for Mrs. Pendleton, and for Dr. Palmer, and for little Louie. She made sweaters for everyone, except Mr. Crabtree, who never wore sweaters or even long pants, and who would stand in his shorts up with the snow up to his knees. No sweater for me, thanks, said Mr. Crabtree. So she made Mr. Crabtree a hat, and even then, Annabelle still had extra yarn. She made sweaters for all the dogs, and all the cats, and for all the other animals, too. Soon, people thought, soon Annabelle must run out of yarn. So Annabelle made sweaters for things that didn't even wear sweaters, because she didn't run out of yarn. And things began to change in that little town. You can remember what the town looked like at the beginning and how different it looks now while Annabelle shared all of that yarn. And also think about if the word wasn't yarn, but it was love. Now, news spread of this remarkable girl who never ran out of yarn, and people came to visit from all around the world to see all the sweaters and to shake Annabelle's hand. One day, an archduke who was very fond of clothes sailed across the sea and demanded to see Annabelle. Little girl, said the archduke, I would like to buy that miraculous box of yarn, and I am willing to offer you one million dollars. No, thank you, said Annabelle, who was knitting a sweater for a pickup truck. The Archduke's mustache twitched. Two million, he said. Annabelle shook her head. No, thanks. Ten million, shouted the Archduke. Take it or leave it. Leave it, said Annabelle. I won't sell the yarn. And she didn't. So that night, the Archduke hired three robbers to break into Annabelle's house, and they stole the box and took it to the Archduke, who set off across the snow and sailed over the sea, back to his castle. The Archduke put on his favorite song and sat in his best chair. He took out a box, he lifted the lid and looked inside. His mustache quivered, it shivered, it trembled. The Archduke hurled the box outside the window and yelled, little girl, I curse you with my family's curse. You will never be happy again. But, ooh, look at that. It turned out she was. 
And when I see this picture, I always think of a time when I, close to when I moved to Seattle, where the trees in Pioneer Square all had sweaters. But I don't think any of the animals there did. So that was extra yarn by Mac Barnett and illustrated by one of my favorites, John Clausen. I love that one. We're gonna keep celebrating by singing Halle Hallelujah. And Hallelujah actually means praise God in Hebrew, the language from which it comes. And today we can praise God that God's love keeps going and going and going. Well, this week we got the love chapter, as it is affectionately known. And I'm so grateful to all the kids who participated in the telling of our scripture this morning. Thank you. You helped me to hear it in a new way. Uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But as Amy mentioned, this love chapter, this is often read at weddings. This is, um, it reads a little bit like a smarmy Valentine's Day card. Um, and in fact, what it called to mind after nearly 20 years, it, I had this throwback, you know, how all of a sudden a song will get in your head. I mean, it's like an earworm, but I didn't hear it. I just thought of it as I was sitting with this love chapter and it's um, from Moulin Rouge. I don't know if any of you knew that soundtrack, if you watched the movie or knew the soundtrack, but it was actually sung by Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor, and they did this, it was called the Elephant Love Medley. And even on the soundtrack, it has just a little bit of the dialogue. So it has Ewan McGregor saying, um, love is many a splendid thing. Love lift us up where we belong. All you need is love. And then Nicole Kidman chimes in and she's like, please don't start that again. And then he goes, all you need is love. And then he's off and running and there's this whole medley of love songs and they're singing back and forth. And that popped into my head uh, as this throwback, um, thinking about the love chapter. So um, as I was hanging out with this much beloved and very familiar and often heard at weddings love chapter, um, I thought it was important to say to let it be said 
once more. It has been said many times before and will be said many times after, but let it be said right in this moment. Paul was not writing to a couple about to get married. He just wasn't. Which isn't to say that there aren't things in this chapter that can apply to folks who are married or in some kind of partnership or even in a friendship or in families. There's plenty here that could apply to those settings, but that was not his intent. That's not what he, that's not what he was writing. He was writing to a community. He was writing to a community of Jesus followers. He was writing to a community of Jesus followers who, as we noted last week, were struggling with factionalism. So he was writing to a community that was experiencing conflict. Love is patient until it's not. And then perhaps love broods or rages a bit in its impatience. And then on its best days, love says that it is sorry and it tries to be patient again until love is eventually impatient over it. Love broods some more and then maybe love makes amends and makes things right. And then perhaps it circles back to patient again. Love is patient, love is kind, until it's not, until it is again. This chapter um, can be a bit overwhelming. It can, it can feel like a tall, impossible, unachievable order that I will always fail at. And I will only ever nail it um, in a glimmering moment that is gone about as quickly as it came. Plus, um, if I'm really honest, I would also like to quibble with this chapter a bit. Um, love bears all things, puts up with all things. Isn't that how we ended up with Christian leaders telling abused, mostly women, to stay in violent relationships? Love bears all things, puts up with all things? No, thank you. Love believes all things? <laughs> like injecting Clorox bleach as an effective treatment for COVID-19 to offer one particularly ludicrous thing I think that love does not believe? Uh, love believes all things. It does help me um, when I get stuck in that quibbling place. It helps me a bit to make the pivot that Amy did in her newsletter this week, if, if you all read that, to think about this chapter as describing God's love for us. So God's love is patient and kind. God's love bears with me and with all people. God believes in me <laughs> and all people. That I can say yes to. And yet Paul did write this letter to a community, as I mentioned, a community of Jesus followers that was experiencing factionalism and conflict and so, and plagued with infighting. And so I do believe that there's something here, not just about what God's love is for us, but there's something here for a community. There's something here for me and for us, um, for evaluating each of our actions against this tall order of love. 
Love is. Here's some embodied community, real life, incarnational examples. Love is removing a ventilator and all life support from a beloved who no longer has life to sustain. Love is a surprise gift of flowers or cupcakes or a bottle of wine or home-baked bread dropped at your doorstep. Love is Amanda Shires and Jason Isabel performing to a mostly empty Nashville room and then live streaming for anyone and everyone to listen in to the amazing concert and sharing all the proceeds they make with musicians who have lost their livelihoods. Love is wearing your mask for your neighbors and having grace for your neighbors who don't wear their mask for you. Love is your son dropping by with some top shelf scotch for an early retirement toast. Love is caregivers in a memory care facility offering love and presence to our beloveds whom we cannot visit. Love is chaplains with tablets connecting families with their beloveds. Chaplains touching bodies with oil and prayers when the rest of us cannot. Love is a spontaneous dance party or a Mother's Day cheesecake or film night in the backyard. Love is average or maybe even above average lagerway soup. Love is unconditional and heartachingly beautiful, beautifully so when expressed daily by an aging father. Love is clapping for frontliners leaving work shifts for the day. Love is going to work. Love is shopping for those who cannot grocery shop for themselves. Love is staying home and asking for help. Love is activists advocating for systemic changes that will provide better protections, more equitable pay, and more just benefits for undervalued frontliners. Love is working to bring an end to our carceral system, or an end to homelessness, or an end to climate change. Love is Ori instructing Amy to tell the whole church that he loves us. Love is many a splendid thing. Love is many a heartbreaking thing. Love may be all that's left of us when we're gone. Love is God and God is love. And without love, as we had demonstrated for us today, <laughs> even our best words are clanging, screeching, headache-inducing, noisemakers, beating on pot lids at the Sosabidia home. And without love, even our best and most faithful actions aren't worth much at all. Love is the most enduring thing, abiding with faith and hope, but greater than both of them. And my goodness, how that could have saved me so much angst as I was growing up as a young person in the church to know that faith is lovely, but love is greater. 
So that if at any point they seem to be in conflict, choose love. Love is before and it is after. It is beneath and it is throughout. Love abides, love endures. Love is, love is, love is. So may we refuse to write off this love song as smarmy and instead keep living ever more fully, more beautifully, more heart achingly into its sacred siren song. May we indeed be loved. Amen. Amen. Uh, when I was giving um, my kids the instructions, oh, it's not my turn. I will tell this anecdote in a second. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Let's continue in a spirit of prayer, friends, inviting you to use the chat box to share with your community here what is on your hearts and minds and in your lives as you respond to the, the love invitation and um, the lived out loves named by Megan. God who dwells in the balance of our terror and our awe, we come expecting what is knowable, tangible, and are met with an empty uncertainty. We trust you to send your spirit to inhabit the space before us and between us, so that as we raise our prayers in faith, it will be met by the love of a risen Christ. May your presence be with Amy and Tyler Huntley and baby Idri as they spend time in Kansas with Amy's father, Harlan Balzer, who is experiencing a relapse of cancer, more aggressive than before, after only a few months' remission. Amy and Tyler are grateful to be with family after so long in quarantine for the bittersweet sweet meeting of Idri and her grandpa through the nursing home window. Bring wholeness and healing and peace to Harlan and their family. We pray for Vern Willis this morning as he discerns his care plan to treat cancer that is growing and spreading. Be with him in the big decision about how to care for his body. We hold Rita in your care this morning, both in her own isolation and that of her sister isolated in memory care. May God be with them both and connect them even as they are apart. Continue to accompany Julie Van Pelt and her family as they grieve and remember her dad. Jake and celebrate his life. I'm grateful for the time spent with family this weekend at the cabin for Julie's mother and sister who have come up to spend time sharing stories and holding one another in their grief. Surround Pastor Megan and John this week with your love as they spend the week away from work so that they connect, they can connect with family and spend time grieving and remembering their Aunt Dort and caring for their spirits. And in the chat.
from Elaine Hickman prayer request for the seven courageous Kings Bay plowshares activists who were appearing for sentencing in Georgia on May 27th and 28th for their bold witness against nuclear war and nuclear armaments. We give you thanks. From Heidi and Wilson prayers for their friend Tony in New Jersey, who is on the vent ventilator in critical condition due to COVID-19 and for his family and the decisions they have to make in these days ahead. And expanded prayers for Vern, uh, who is beginning chemo this coming Tuesday. And from Ruth Edgar, prayer for all those who live and work in nursing homes, assisted living homes, memory care units, and veterans homes. May the spirit of God who goes before, who follows at our back, who breathes within each of our bodies, and who dwells in the body of the church be our comfort and our companion in the name of the risen Jesus, we pray, and all God's people together said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. We're grateful for all of the gifts that each of you offer to our congregation and that we have the means to collect those offerings digitally. We bless the gifts that all of these, that we bless the work that all of these gifts do in supporting the ministries of our congregation, even as we are apart from each other. We do continue to be church to and with each other. Uh, and with that in mind, uh, we'll sing our next song, Will You Let Me Be Your Servant? Um, understanding that loving service might look different now than it did before. But Pastor Megan brilliantly uh, talked about how that is embodied every day, how loving service is embodied every day in our community. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant.
receive this benediction, friends. May we leave our time of worship feeling loved and feeling called into loving service, knowing that love looks different in different times and for different people, knowing that love is hard but possible, and knowing that God's love will carry us and hold us even when our love ends. Amen. And you may go or you may stay in peace. Amen. Thank you.